From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Game three of the series between the Warriors and Kings will look drastically different after the NBA has come down with a decision to suspend Draymond Green for one game for trampoline stomping somebody in the middle of a game. I love the drama I'm putting behind it because you can tell how I'm biasing my entire statement here. Question is, was that the right move? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, we've got it out on the poll right now. We're asking uh, the world to chime in on this poll, and you guys can let us know uh, at this point. Uh, do you believe that the NBA is soft? Uh, and by the way, I, d- I termed it as Fig Newton soft, or Draymond deserved it when it comes to the suspension. So right give now. us the percentages right now. Give us the percentages. 55. 55% say Draymond deserved it. I'm up. And 45% say the league is Fig Newton soft. So uh, if if there's anything I know, that we will get this argument settled by the great Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, only if Perk agrees never to trampoline stomp me because I I wouldn't survive that, Perk. I'm a a wee little man talking about (laughs) basketball here, my friend. Uh, So first and foremost, you saw the ruling come down. What was your initial reaction? I knew it was going to happen. I didn't want Draymond to get suspended because I want zero excuses when it comes to the Kings beating the Warriors in this series. I don't want to hear about Draymond get suspended game through. I don't want to hear none of that. But as a guy that had a bad reputation in the league, I know how this process goes. When you get into any type of altercation, the league is going to call you, and depending on who you are and what's your background and what's your your resume for us, if you've been in the principal office a few times, they're going to act like you didn't learn your lesson. And so the consequences go, are going to be harsh, and they're not going to be lenient on you. It's part of the process. But, again, the the great Danny Ainge used to tell, tell me this all the time. Perk, be the instigator, not the retaliator. Draymond Green got caught slipping. He was the retaliator. Sabonis, Sabonis, a guy that's without too much playoff experience, got over on the four-time NBA champion. How many pieces? Man, you said it like that. That, 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 That shines a different light on it when you put it like that, Perk. A guy who, you know, hasn't been in these moments often and as much as Draymond Green got the better of him when it came to the theatrics and getting under his skin. And and listen, I'll be the first to say, you know, Draymond can't – he can't allow this to happen. He's too valuable to his team, especially from a defensive perspective. You can't – you cannot put yourself or your team in this situation. I I just think, though, when you look at Sabonis, I think Sabonis Mm -hmm. should at least been fined. He should have been fined. For, for grabbing somebody's foot? Yeah. Perk, because it's not a basketball I, play. I'm, I, I mean, so, so like, how can you justify the fine when, you know, you didn't have guys grab on guys, you didn't have guys pull guys' jerseys. I mean, I mean, you don't get fined for that. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, I they, get it. They it acknowledged. They acknowledged. 
by giving him a technical foul that he he did something wrong in the instance. So that's okay, that's a fine if, in itself. That's a fine in itself. Oh, okay, you know okay. technical you know technical fouls cost and not free. Well, Perk, you, you know I wouldn't know now. You, you know that, Perk. No, you know no, that I'm now. Saying, I'm saying you don't you don't get a tech and then everything is just good. I believe they're around you know anywhere between twenty five hundred to five grand. Now it's a light fine, but you still get money taken out of your check. You know when that pay stub hit, you see the you see the payment get taken out for that technical foul. So they're not free. So now educate me on this because something Dominique Foxworth talked a lot about this morning on Get Up was the fact that, you know, this sets sort of a dangerous precedent when you suspend somebody for something that hasn't been suspended for. But you said earlier that you experienced when you were in the league, like once you have a reputation, things can just stack. So is it the norm, in your opinion, in the NBA where, you know, guys have issues and that allows the NBA more wiggle room in how they choose to punish? Yeah, it is. Uh, look, one time I got I got suspended for uh for headbutting um a guy and I didn't even really headbutt him. I just kinda like, you know, went up in his face and like, you know, kinda like tapped my head against his head. Like, what you wanna do type thing. <laughs> and they called it a headbutt and I got suspended. I got suspended for a game. And but again, again, this is what you have to realize. When it comes down to Draymond, he didn't help himself after the fact. True. Running around the court, cursing at the fans, things to that nature. He didn't help Draymond either. And I'm telling you, man, look, people don't understand, but that conversation that you have with the NBA, when that when that thing happened, when they give you that call and you got to have it, it's different. It's different. And if you don't seem apologetic or if you don't seem or uh, feel like you was wrong for your actions, forget what the other person did, and they're going to take that in consideration when they come down to issuing you, you a, uh, an, uh, a punishment. So I got I to ask you, Perk, so if you thought, you know, when he got that, when he got ejected, right, and he just he would have just went to the locker room, but then in this post-game interview, he would have seemed apologetic and you know, took accountability that he made a mistake and did something wrong. Do you think there's a small percentage that, you know, that ruling of suspension wouldn't have happened? It, it, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Zach Randolph and I almost went to blows, okay? Almost went to blows in the tunnel when I was playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, men in the back. You know, they had 12 uh, sheriffs back there holding us back. I mean, it was about to be a rubber in the junk. We was about to get our feet out. All right? So then all of a sudden, us being who we are, the lead called, and they started want, they wanted to run an investigation on it. Now, to be honest, we both could have probably got maybe a two- to five-game suspension. But we ended up getting nothing because of the way of our phone conversations and how we talked to the league office. And we didn't even plan it. I just know what type of guy Zach is, and he know what type of guy I am. We ain't doing no snitching. We just took full <laughs> accountability. Hey, man, we just got into it. No blows was being thrown. Although they had to drag us both out of, from away from each other and things to that nature, got kind of hectic. But, again, that's how the league is going to evaluate. But you know what the sad part about it? 
And Charles Barkley said this last night, and I don't really agree with him a lot. I don't. I, I very, very rarely agree, agree with him. But he said this, and it makes sense. We're putting so much attention on Draymond Green in this Sabonis situation that we are actually forgetting the fact that the Sacramento Kings are kicking their ass. True. On the basketball court. True. Like, forget everything else. The Sacramento Kings is whooping them right now. Whooping them. And we got we to gotta talk about Draymond. Like, nah, man, it's, it's, it's time to move forward. This ain't the first time we've seen Draymond do something idiotic to probably cost his team a championship. <clears throat> see, Perk, I'm just, I'm, I'm just upset that he got suspended because I want to see Draymond on the court. I want to see the best game possible. Yeah, well, Draymond got to see – I do too, but Draymond got to see Draymond on the court. No, you're right. Like, like Draymond is smart enough. At some point, man, you got to have some type of self-control. Like, okay, one thing on stepping on him and trying to run, but he actually stepped and leapfrogged. His <laughs> legs spread it apart. Like, he stepped <laughs> and he leapfrogged. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? What are we talking What are we talking He leapfrogged, dog. I'm just promising you, Perk, if, if, if I ever make you mad and you do that to me, it'll kill me. Like, there's no way. I'm not, I'm not making it out of that, Perk. Uh, we uh, we uh, always appreciate You know we love hanging out with you, but, man, really appreciate your honesty and your information on this. This was really cool to hear. Uh, you got a million stories, and they all apply to what we're all talking about right now. You make us better when you tell uh, this stuff that you've lived through because it gives us more context to what's going on, brother. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, I appreciate y'all anytime. And then last, I want y'all to think about this for a second. I want y'all to think about this for a second. Sabonis had to get x-rays on his lungs. See y'all in a few days. (laughs) Get out of here, Perk, man. Get out of here, Perk. (laughs) Kendrick Perkins hanging out with us. Uh, ESPN NBA analyst extraordinaire. It's Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. The Grizzlies host the Lakers presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We'll keep taking your calls and your thoughts on Draymond as the show goes on. But the Fitz and Harry mock draft continues and the slide will end quickly for one top prospect. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The 2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
That's right. It's draft time. And there is one mock greater than all of the others. The greatest mock in all the land. It's the Fitz and Harry mock draft on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. This is what we're doing. We're having our buddies that are experts that know these teams better than anybody come in one at a time and make the picks. The rules, no trades. You just have to pick. Who went off the board yesterday at number one, Bryce Young. Number two, Will Anderson to the Texans. A little bit of a surprise there for some. Tyree Wilson went third overall to the Cardinals. C.J. Stroud went fourth to the Colts. The Colts did nothing, and they sat around and got the second-best quarterback in the draft. Harry, that means it's time for the chimes. The Seattle Seahawks are on the clock, which means we needed ESPN NFL analyst extraordinaire Seahawks super fanatic Mita Kimes to give us the pick. With the fifth pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, my Seattle Seahawks select Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Two years ago in 2021, he was one of the most dominant players on a talent-laden Georgia Bulldog defense. Had a heck of a year this year once he came back from the knee and the ankle injuries in September. Finished strong down the stretch. The character concerns are certainly there, but on the football field with the pads on, I thought he was the best player in this draft. Incredibly quick, explosive at the snap, splits double teams, powerful hands to grab and toss. He's a disruptor along the interior, which is what gives quarterbacks the most trouble. Anthony Richardson Richardson still being on the board is tempting given his upside, but the Seahawks could really use a three-tech good after the quarterback help with their porous run defense. Obviously, question marks about Jalen Carter off the field, but on the field, I think he's the most talented prospect in the draft. Harry Douglas, Jalen Carter, what do you think? I think it's a wonderful pick for the Seattle Seahawks. Also, you look at the history of them being able to get guys and allowing them to be themselves and get the best product on the football field. When you look at a guy like Jalen Carter, if he would have came out two years ago when a teammate of his went first overall, he probably would have went first of all. That's how talented this guy is. You talk about the balance, the strength, being able to split those double teams and really be a nightmare for opposing teams quarterback. You look at the game against Tennessee this year, I think that was his most significant game. He went out there and balled out and was a dominant force and led the Georgia Bulldogs to a victory. I think this is a prime spot. You look at two guys that the Seahawks have on their defensive line right now in Daryl Taylor and Owusu. Both of those guys had nine and a half sacks apiece. They brought back Jaron Reed who was with the team previously, just signed him back. Also, Draymond Jones, who came over from the Denver Broncos, who had six and a half sacks with those guys. You throw Jalen Carter in that mix. And I think Pete Carroll and their defense are going to be a lot better at run-stopping, more so than they were a year ago. Yeah, it's an absolutely great player. The tape doesn't lie on him. Just go and watch the tape. Now, whatever work the Seahawks have done, they need to do, obviously. We're all familiar with uh, the misdemeanor, reckless driving, and uh, racing charges that he was booked on uh, that resulted in the death of a teammate and of a team manager for Georgia. That is part of the conversation. That was not his only offense during the course of the year with reckless driving. That's come out since uh, the end of the season. Plus, his pro day was less than ideal. So the tape versus the player is something the Seahawks will have to be comfortable with. But Mina Kimes would know better than anybody. She takes him at five, and that means the Lions are on the clock, which means we get to play the little chimes remember this is the pick they acquired from the rams and to make the pick from fantasy focus football the podcast 
Daniel Dopp, Lions fan extraordinaire, knows this roster inside and out. It is scary how much he knows about Lions football. Dopp, who's he picking? And with the number six pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select cornerback from Illinois, Devin Witherspoon. Now, come on! baby! Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. My favorite cornerback in the draft is Devon Witherspoon. Why? Because he's tough and he can cover. He gives you everything you want in a complete cornerback. He's got the length. He's got the tackle ability like a safety. Closes quickly, instinctive in coverage. He's a guy who had a great year in 2022 with 41 tackles, three picks, and 14 pass breakups. For Brett Bielema and the Illini, there was not a better year produced by a cornerback than the one we saw in 2022 from Devon Witherspoon. The Detroit Lions... Wish they could trade out because Anthony Richardson is still on the board, but we cannot in this exercise. So we choose cornerback from Illinois, Devin Witherspoon. Harry, they chose violence. That was the guy I thought was going to be there for the Raiders. So what do you think of the pick? (laughs) Oh, I love this pick. you got to remember the Detroit Lions just traded away Jeff Okuda, um, their former first-round draft pick from a few years ago to the Atlanta Falcons, so they needed another guy. I just like his ball skills, his strength at the point of attack, in press coverage, he can play off coverage, his route recognition. He's not scared to go up there and tackle. That's actually why I had him rated over Christian Gonzalez because he is a better tackler when it comes to getting def- uh, offensive players down on the ground. You look at that Illinois defense this year, They were top 10 in just about everything. He's a main reason why. So I like this pick by the Detroit Lions to pair him up with defensive coordinator Ann Glenn. Uh, also interesting, he's a little lighter than Gonzalez, the other corner that a lot of people are talking about. He's about came into the pro day at about 16 pounds less, uh, so he's a little sort of slight of frame for some, but I think when he gets in an NFL locker room, that, that could be an interesting way for him to beef up. You mentioned the man coverage, too. Uh, 26 passes defended in 22 games. For somebody that only played two years of high school football, pretty incredible to see that meteoric rise for him to go from barely playing to suddenly playing meaningful football with Illinois. So I think Witherspoon looks like the sort of guy that, that can grow into that that flower, if you will. Well, it also shows you that at Illinois they had excellent coaching, right? Because when you can take a guy who only played two years of high school football and then he's at this level now, that means you are teaching things the proper way from a secondary perspective and also from an overall perspective from the defense. That means you're doing some things right up there, uh, up there at Illinois. So here's where we are so far in our mock draft exercise. Again, no trades were allowed. We're using superstars to make the pick. Bryce Young went first overall. Will Anderson, two. Tyree Wilson, three. C.J. Stroud, four. Jalen Carter, five. We are not seeing the run on quarterbacks we expected. Devin Witherspoon goes uh, six, which means my beloved Raiders are on the clock. And that means the Falcons, the next two picks to come off the board, will be respectively the Raiders and the Falcons. I can't imagine that that's going to get heated. At all, we'll uh, we'll throw it out to Twitter there and see uh, what each respective fan base wants, how they want to get uh, involved in that conversation. This is the Fitz and Harry mock draft process as we go so far. Feels good, but again, this uh, echoes some of what Adam Schefter told us to expect. What if we don't see the run on quarterbacks? Uh, remember, no trades here though, so that is a bit a bit of a difference. So 2:30 p.m. Eastern, we will get to uh, the Raiders and the Falcons. We'll also tweet you guys, see what you guys want as that pick. Speaking of these picks. The third pick in our draft was Tyree Wilson. Is that realistic for him in next week's real draft? He will tell us next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station, it all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Bit of an ESPN radio takeover of the NFL Draft. Kenny and Carlin going to be doing a great job with a huge crew on ESPN Radio. You can hear every single pick. This show, Fitz and Harry, will be on all of our digital platforms, the ESPN app, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of those places. Also with the huge crew reacting to every single pick. Now, if you've been listening to Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, for the last couple of days, we've just started our mock draft format, or our mock draft process. And our mock draft lets experts that cover each team locally or know the team better than anybody make their picks. The third pick off the board for us was Tyree Wilson. And uh, there's a reason why Tyree Wilson was the third pick off the board. If you ever want to find out what it looks like to see somebody break through triple teams and quadruple teams, all you got to do is go back and watch some Texas Tech games. He joins us right now. Uh, Tyree, thanks for the time, man. Congratulations on just getting to where you are right now. Such a cool process to watch you go from Texas Tech to this draft process. For you, what's been sort of the the cycle of getting to know teams? How has the experience been for you? First of all, appreciate y'all for having me on the show, you know, but um, it's, just, it's just been a different experience. You know, it's about business, you know, really just showing showing teams who I am, you know, on and off the field and Showing, showing teams why, you know, why they should draft me, not on the, you know, by evaluating the tape, but, you know, just meet me in person. Now, I know you were born in Alaska, moved to Texas when you were younger. Um, you still have family members there. Do you get back to Alaska anytime? Uh, you know, playing college ball, I haven't, you know, haven't had the chance in the summer. Uh, but in high school, uh, I did go back and visit. Well, Tyree, let me tell you, <laughs> I go to Sitka, Alaska every year. I love to go deep sea fishing. You know what I mean? Me and you might be two of probably five black people that's in Alaska. It's okay. Got to let that be noted. (laughs) But, you know, it's a lot of fun, man, going out there on the water. Did you get to go deep sea fishing and stuff when you you were going back uh, there in high school? Uh, More like on the Kenai River. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to figure out, like, Tyree, I've been trying to get an invite to this Alaska trip for years, and I think he just just gave you one, and I can't even get one. I work with a guy every single day. Uh, uh, We're talking to Tyree Wilson. If he would have put me at one of the mock jobs, I would invite you after the job to go to Alaska. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That's how it works, Fitz. That's how it works. You know, I I don't make these mocks. I'm I'm just reading off the numbers. So let's talk a little bit about the draft process, too, because I always think it's interesting when kids are coming out of uh, schools that maybe don't have as many draft prospects, and Texas Tech, obviously, Obviously, uh, like it's a different situation. So who are you leaning on for advice when you're trying to figure out how this all works and, and the right way to handle everything? Really, first off, it's just, you know, first trying to change the narrative of Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech was always looked at as the people, you know, produce okay players, not great players. But it's really just, you know, leaving Tech uh, better than what I found it. So, he's, you know, uh, Coach DeRue, you know, seen, seen a lot of uh, great Great pass rushes and great, you know, defensive players uh, come out of college and into this process. So, you know, I leaned on him to, you know, get get me to get me to this point. And also, you know, my position coach, you know, Coach CJ Ie, he played he played in the NFL, so he he knows what it looks like and what it takes, you know, to to get here and be successful. Six six, two seventy five. Mm. That's your height and weight. Who do you take after your dad's side of the family, your mom's side of the family? Where did the size come from, man? I say, I mean, the, 
my mom's six foot, my dad's six five, but I feel like I take after my mom's side just because she's she's an athlete. She can run. She ran a track at Oregon. Uh, Ooh. So you know. So you're a mama's boy. You're a mama's boy, right? Because if you take after your mom, yeah, I mean, you're a mama's she, boy. She, yeah, I'm mama's boy. Well, all right, so I got to ask you this. When, when did you finally realize that you were going, going to possibly become a first-round draft pick? Uh, probably probably the, uh, towards the end of last year. Okay. Uh, I, just knew, I just knew that, you know, I was getting into a new scheme. And, you know, I really knew I have, still have uh, set, steps to take, which, which I still have uh, when I get to the NFL. You know, I see myself as a double-digit sack, sack guy consistently. Uh but I, I, I knew going into uh, my last season at Texas Tech that, you know, I had a shot to be a first-round pick, and, I you know, I was confident on being a first-round pick. That was my goal all year. I think one of the unique things about your game, watching your film, is that you're able to play in a two-point stance, three-point stance, four-point stance. How did you get comfortable with playing in all of those stances? Because everybody can't do that. Really, it's just, you know, credit to uh, Paul Randolph, you know, my first D-line coach at Tech. You know, he just – you know, first put me inside, you know, let me, you know, the physicality is different in the inside than it is outside and just playing in the inside and then bumping out to the outside makes the, makes the game so much easier. And then, you know, Coach DeRuder come in and then, you know, be able to show that I can, you know, play all those, all those positions and be comfortable dropping and, you know, setting the edge and also being disruptive in the inside just, just helps, you know, help, uh, helps get me to the next level and show teams that, you know, uh, they might have other successful pass rushes on the edge, but they can also bump me, bump me inside, and you know I can be successful also. So, talk to me about who you love watching. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to compare any players. I hate doing that, but, but like when you're watching on Sundays, are there pass rushers you watch? You're like that just gets you hyped to watch. Yeah, Miles Garrett, Von Miller, you know uh, the uh, the both of both of the brothers. Uh, JJ Watt. It's a it's a lot of good passers in the NFL. I like I like watching all of them. When you're watching them, are you like looking at little things, saying, "I want to try this. I want to do that." Like, how do you watch? No, with a, you know, being a good passer, you really gotta you gotta know who you are as a person. You know, you can't just try to oh he he does this, he does a spin move, and try to throw it in the game. Uh, so you just see you know moves that you do and how you know how to how to make them better, and you try to see how how good they are and you know the technique and seeing the hands and you know feeling with the what the offensive tackle is giving you. So as a dedicated athlete, I know at times, man, you're going hard, you're working hard, you're putting a lot of time into the game, but there are, there's also that sense that you, it, there are times you got to get away from it, right? What are some of the things that you do to relax your mind when you're away from the game of football? I mean, really just, just enjoying outdoors, you know, like uh, fishing and hunting all, you know, pools and stuff. But then at Tech, it was more of like, uh, I was in the building mostly every day, you know, I, I would go help with recruiting, you know, try to try to look at young kids that, you know, got talented uh, playing college ball. So help help uh, evaluate them. And then also I would go to the equipment staff and, you know, work with those. So that's that's basically what I did to get away from football and love it. All right. So Tyree, walk me through what Kansas City is going to be like. What are your plans for draft night? Who are you watching with? What's the fit going to look like? Give us the whole spiel. Uh, first flying to Kansas City on Tuesday, you know, just just do all the things uh, to get ready for the draft, and then on Thursday, you know, just be with my, you know, my family, and you know, get the news, and you know, celebrate, and then the next day is is back to business. 
Now you got to tell us about your drip. What's your yeah. wardrobe? What you putting on? I know you got something that's nice. A, that's tell a, us that's what you're rocking. That's a secret. That's why. That's why I want to tell you. <laughs> okay, mean, okay, 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 okay. Y'all keep okay. it a secret. There's like, like okay, okay. I mean, there, there's this, there's going to be a rival this year. It feels like everybody's trying to keep their looks top secret. Yeah. Like y'all know this red carpet thing is going to going to blow up. What's what's it mean? Like when you think about the sacrifice, you think about what your family went through to get you to here. All the people it takes to get you to the spot where you're being drafted. What's it mean to get to share that moment with them in this moment in Kansas City? It's really, it's really, you know, I always saw myself as, as a, you know, first round draft pick. So it's really just letting them experience, you know, the thing, uh, the draft night, and you know, I, I know, I know it's another step for me taking in the NFL. So after that night, after they enjoy, it's, it's back to business, and you know, being able to help the team succeed and get to a Super Bowl. Well, I'll end with this. Like I told Will Anderson Jr. yesterday, when I see guys the size of yourself in him, and I got to chip and bang you as a wide receiver, as a small wide receiver, mm-hmm. all I can say is, damn, Tyree, damn. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, bet it, I bet it feels a little different chipping me than him. That's all oh, I got to no. say. I'm taking, I'm taking all this. Look, I, I'm very conflicted, Tyree, because like I, I really want to see you lining up with my beloved Raiders. You and Max Crosby would make me delightfully happy, but that's falling all the way to seven. Ain't no way that happening. So I'm just, you know, I, I want you to just go out there, enjoy every second. It is fun to watch you kick butt, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me. He is he is ready. I mean, he Harry like yes, uh, he's got that that fire that that whatever that it is of the competitive juices that just make you want to run through a wall. Like I'm in a studio where it takes two hands to open the door. I still want to try to run through it. Woo. Woo. All right, he mean business. He mean business. Coach, don't put me in there to tip his big ass no more. Get no. me out of there. Also, nobody's telling us anything about the uh, about the style. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I uh, I thought we'd get some hints. But it's okay. It's okay. Guys want to keep it a secret. They want it to be a surprise. It's one of the probably the biggest night of their lives. So I can understand the reasoning, you know, behind not telling us. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. I just thought maybe you know maybe a little a little slip there. Uh, championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit. Head to eBay Motors. Look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Speaking of the draft, a former top five pick who almost retired after three years in the league. we got big breaking news from the NFL. We'll react to it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. There's different shades of the truth sometimes, right? Like, no, honey, I was just going there to get wings. Like, there's different shades of the truth. Maybe you were eating wings, but that might not have been the whole reason you were there. But who was that that lady beside you eating wings as well? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. I can't help it if it's family seating in a restaurant. Everybody just sits everywhere, Harry. You can eat your wings next to anybody. Just a family-style Wing restaurant. <laughs> Fitz and Harry it, on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. All right, so a lot of conversation continues to happen around Tua Tungavaloa and his health. Obviously, 
after last year and uh, the con- the concussion suffered, uh, the head issues that we all saw, some of the reaction from his body in hits that may or may not have been concussions, uh, just a lot of speculation around Tua. And sometimes when that happens, all we can do is wait uh, to hear from the player himself. So Tua spoke today as the Dolphins have started offseason activities. And importantly, he said this, and this is a nugget I don't think any of us had heard before at his press conference about whether or not he considered retirement. I considered it for for a time, um, having sat down with my family, um, having sat down with my wife and having those kind of kind of conversations. It would be hard for me to, to, to walk away from from this game with how old I am, with with my my son. I I always dreamed of growing, you know, playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what, you know, he was watching his his dad do. It's it's my health, it's my body, it, you know. I feel like this is what's best for me and 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 my family. So, I mean, I I love the game of football. You know, if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. He stresses there it's his health, it's his body. Those are important things for us to remember, Harry. It's just one of those things that even he, in acknowledging he was considering retiring, I think it just makes all of us kind of look at it and say, okay, are you sure that this is okay? Are you sure you're okay? I think this is just, it's born in concern for a human being. Yeah, and and rightfully so. You know, the things that Tua went through last year with the concussions, missed five games um, of the 2022 season, including the playoffs, because of the concussions, it's only natural to sit down with your family, your mom and dad, your brother, your wife, and you have a young son, and you think about all the things that, that you want to do with him when he grows up or he wants to see uh, or be able to see his father do with him. All those things play into factor in having you know those thoughts and those conversations with your closest family members. But at the end of the day, he came out and said that, you know, this is my body. And he feels like he's in a good place now when he's back playing uh, or clear to play. And I'm looking forward to watch Tua. Look, we're talking about a guy who passed for over 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and completed basically 65% of his passes. And when he was out there on the football field, he was lethal in doing so, right? And I tell people all the time, it's so hard to walk away from the game when you've been doing it your entire life. And then you have goals that you want to accomplish And you don't want it to end, you know, with you having concussions. But my only concern is this, moving forward, and I hope this doesn't happen because I want Tua to have nothing but prosperity and health throughout this next season coming up in 2023. But let's just say if he gets another one, is that going to be the point where he does decide that, you know what, this is enough? Because we can't just sit up here and think that, you know, Tua is going to be okay, but there isn't a possibility that it could happen again. Right. We got to we got to be realistic at the same time. I think it all uh, so much of that is going to depend on the how and the why and the when. Right. Like if it's three years from now and he has a concussion, maybe it's not a big deal. If it's week one and he gets hit. Well, I'm just talking hit. about for 2023 yeah. to I, next season. And that's probably fair. I think everybody will be nervous next season. We're also nervous because there's been so much documentation about CTE and what it can mean to football players. Uh, Tua was asked about what doctors have told him uh, specifically regarding CTE. And this was his response. They also told me that CTE wasn't going to be a, a problem. It's, it's only when you're constantly, you know, hitting your head against uh, something. So it, you know, I, I, I think that that tailors more towards, you know, uh, linebackers, O-linemen, D-linemen, guys that are, you know, constantly, you know, going at it. 
Um, so it, you know, that also played into the factor of, you know, my decision making and wanting to come back and play. So he's asking all the right questions and he's yeah. getting information from people. Like I, I know a lot of people are going to hear that and react loudly. I'm not a doctor. So if a doctor looks at him and says, no, I don't think CTE is a concern for you. What am I supposed to do? Like look at two and be like, well, you can't trust that guy. I sit in front of a microphone, right? Like at some point, if he's asking the questions about CTE and doctors are giving him advice, that's all we can ask somebody to do is they're gathering the information they need to make the decision on continuing to play football. Yeah, he's taking the proper steps, um, so I commend him for that. And I, I was up in uh, D.C. this past weekend, and I got the chance to go to the University of Maryland. So I got a chance to, you know, meet his brother, Talil uh, Tungavaloa, who, who's the quarterback for the University of Maryland. And, man, when you, you talked about Tua to his brother, he was just so excited and happy. You can tell, man, how much he really loved his brother – and wanting him to have success in the National Football League and to uh, overcome having these concussions. So it was just a joy to see his little brother. You could just tell his brother looks up to him and want nothing but excellence for him moving forward as he's playing the game of football. One of the hardest parts about this is that, realistically, the Dolphins have talked to their doctors. And as I've said to you, what, uh, 50 times it feels like over the last couple of months, Tua's talked to his doctors. If all of those medical professionals are looking at the young man and saying, hey, keep playing you're okay to keep playing who am I to tell him he can't now I can say that at the on the one hand and I can also say just human nature on the other hand is to your point god forbid but if he takes a big hit in the first game of the season every time he gets hit we are going to collectively hold our breath to make sure he's okay because realistically you can't shake what you saw last year right so when you can't shake that out of your mind it's just going to be there no that's why you know me personally I'm, I'd say prayers for everybody, especially for, for, for a guy like Tua, though, who, who's going through these concussions. I want to see him get through 2023 and have an excellent season and not have these health concerns as far as concussions. So that's, that's what I could do on my end. I want, I want to see the greatness. All right, we'll get back to it. But back to the big breaking news from last night. Draymond Green suspended for game three. But why? We'll answer that. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 